Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us again here today in the House of Faith. And that's where we are right now. We're in Legacy Church. This is a household of faith. I'm coming to you again from what is quickly becoming the hospitality room of our church. And we're excited about the progress that's happening, not just in this room, but really over the entire building, inside, outside, on top. Hey, we got a new roof. Check this out. I mean, this is so good. This is so God. He is helping us with this project and we're making excellent progress all the way through. Most of you know that this is a 30,000 square foot facility and the partners of our ministry and the congregation of our church, we've released faith for $100 a square foot and we believe when that's complete that we can get this place opened up and begin to receive families here at Legacy Church, people from this community and people like you wherever you're watching we want you to know you're welcome you're invited come be a part of what's going on at Legacy Church I know at the right time and with the right opportunity you'll be able to do that but listen we want you to be a part of it if the Lord would allow you to or if the Lord would lead you to you can invest in this buy up and build out project and you can do it in faith uh, knowing that every seed you sow reproduces after its own kind so whatever God's called you to buy up whatever he's called you to build out. This is an awesome and an excellent kingdom project to invest in. If you want to be a part of this progress, you can do that a number of ways. If you're watching inside the United States, you can text your offering. It's very simple. It's very safe. Just text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. That's going to go right into the Buy Up and Build Out project. Or you can give online at pearsonsministries.com. And when you're on our giving page, you're going to see a couple of different options there. You can give into the Buy Up and Build Out project, or you can give into the general operations of the ministry. Wherever the Lord leads you, I know that that'll be the right place. And if you'd like to give via check or write it in or send it in to us, you can do that as well. Use the address that you see right there on your screen and just include in the memo of your check where where you'd like that to go. Make your check to Pearson's Ministries. And if you want it to go into the Buy Up and Build Out project, just write B-U-B-O right there in the memo portion. Or if you'd like it to go into the general operations of the church, you can put Gen Ops or whatever you need to do to just draw our attention. Where you believe it's a sign to go, that's where we will put it. So good things are happening here. We thank God for it. I want to take you right now back into the sanctuary where we've been having church. Now, nobody's coming, but we've been shooting church just like this, recording it and putting it out for our church family. We want you to be a part of it as well. This building is under construction, but so are you and so am I. And when the Word of God goes to work in our life, we can allow that renovation to change the way we think and it will result in the transformation of our lives. So watch this and I'll be back in a few minutes. We live in a world full of fake. We live in a world so saturated with fakeness and pretense and put on. And the thing is, we buy into it. As a culture, we buy into it. We are getting sold on stuff all the time. And it's why the movie industry, the entertainment industry, is this multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry because we love to feed on fantasy. We love to feed on stuff that's not real, that's fake. And even the true stories that are told are just based on them and sometimes pretty loosely. We buy into the fake and we're so saturated by it that 
it's become difficult for many, many people to draw the line and to tell the difference between what's real, what's fake, what's true, what's a lie. And it takes a conscious effort to believe the truth in the world that we live in right now. And God hates lying. He hates falseness. He hates fakeness. He hates pretense. Why? Because there's none of it in him. There is nothing false in him. There's nothing fake in him. He is truth. And there can be, there can be none of it in us if we're going to have full fellowship with him. He hates lying because of what it does. Lying and this falseness and fakeness literally builds a wall between you and him. Think about that. Now this is demo day. So we're going to rip this wall down. This wall's coming out today. But you got to recognize why God can have nothing to do with, let me give you this word, hypocrisy. Jesus said it. Let's look at it together in the book of Matthew chapter 15. If you look through the gospels, Jesus, he, uh, he was fairly confrontational. He didn't back off when it came to certain things and, and more specifically certain people. Um, and here in the book of Matthew chapter 15, you see it in other places, in the book of Matthew especially, in other places as well. But Jesus is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, these people who claim to know God. But he says to them in verse 7, hypocrites. Man, he just said it, didn't he? Just called them hypocrites. That word hypocrite, if you look it up, it literally means an actor, a pretender. It's the word they would use for somebody who would stand on a stage and play a role, rehearse and recite a script. So in other words, it's not who they actually, who they actually are. They're pretending to be something they're not. It's the word for an actor. And that's the word Jesus used to describe these so-called religious people. He says, you're an actor. You're faking it. You're pretending. He said, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But listen to this. But their heart is far from me. Listen to it again. These people draw near, how? With their mouth, with their lips, but where's the heart? He said the heart is in some other town. The heart is someplace far away from here. They draw near in their words, but their heart is somewhere else. And he said that is a hypocrite. That's hypocrisy. So you, you can actually figure out, now remember, we're all under construction. All of us, every one of us, you, me, all of us, we're all under construction. And we can actually identify how much of this junk is in our life. You can figure out how much hypocrisy is in your life just by measuring the distance between your lips and your heart. 
between your mouth and your heart. Now, of course, I'm not talking about the physical distance between your physical mouth and this blood pump in your chest. I'm talking about the distance between the words that are coming out of your mouth and what's actually going on in the heart. If you know anything about God, you know this. This is where he's looking. He's looking at what goes on in the heart. And hypocrisy is this distance between what's in the heart and what's coming out of the mouth. It's lying. It's falseness, it's fakeness, and God can't have anything to do with it. But if you want closeness with Him, then you need to understand and realize that closeness is limited by fakeness. Let me say it to you again. Closeness, your closeness with God is only limited by however much of this fakeness there is. In other words, if you want intimacy, there must be honesty. If you want intimacy with him, like he wants it with you, there's got to be honesty. There's got to be truth. And there are people that would say, well, it's not, the thing that creates a wall between you and God is sin. No, sin does not create a wall between you. Jesus tore that wall down. What creates a wall? Sin can't do it. Sin can't put a wall between you and God if you'll be honest about it. If you'll be honest and say, God, uh, I sinned. I missed it. And, and I confess it. I say the same thing about this thing that you say. And, and I'm calling it what it is. Man, I messed this up. I, I, I blew it again. And I did it again. And I did it again. And I'm coming before you just to acknowledge it and to receive your mercy and your forgiveness. And I want to thank you for it. Sin is not a wall between you and God. What will be a wall between you and Him is acting like that sin's not there. Pretending like it doesn't exist. Jesus talked about this in the book of Luke. He said, two, two men came to pray. One, a Pharisee, one, a tax collector. And this religious person said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Actually, Jesus said he prayed thus with himself. In other words, nobody's listening to this, including God. And he said, I thank you I'm not like other men. He said, I... Uh, I, I tithe and I fast. And he goes on this whole little list of all these great things about him. But then right on the other hand, you've got this tax collector, this sinner, who Jesus said just came before God with humility and honesty and just said, I'm a sinner. I have missed it. I have, I have sinned. And Jesus said, one of those men got something from God and the other did not. That pretense and that fakeness is like a wall between us, but it's demo day. Oh, come on church, listen to me. It's demo day. That wall is coming down. You want intimacy? It requires honesty. I want to show you this again from the ministry of Jesus. Go with me to the book of John chapter 8. We looked at this scripture together all the way back in January when we were talking in our series about free people. And we were looking specifically at God's 
desire to set us free from condemnation. And you see that's exactly what happened here in the book of John chapter 8. In the first 11 verses, Jesus was early in the morning teaching in the temple and some of these pretenders, some of these hypocrites, the Pharisees, the scribes, the different ones, they showed up and they had a woman that they brought with them, one they said they had caught in adultery. Now again, Jesus did not have great things to say about these guys. In the book of Matthew, it's the 23rd chapter, he says to them over and over, face to face, just says it right to their face, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. And he says it over and over, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, you actors, you pretenders, you people playing a role, trying to convince other people of something you are, but you aren't. And he kept using that little word, woe, 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 W-O-E. And it's a little word, but it's got a huge meaning. And you look it up and it, it literally means destruction, calamity. In other words, Jesus is saying, this does not turn out good for you. You're going to continue to live this lie, this hypocrisy where you're saying something with your words, but something else is going on in your heart. And I was thinking back on a song I used to listen to that came out, I think, in the late 90s, where the, the artist said, you must be an acrobat to talk like this and act like that. I thought that was a great line. You must be an acrobat to talk like this and act like that. And sometimes it, it requires such contortion and twisting and bending. When you think about the words that are coming out of somebody's mouth, but what's actually going on in the heart. And Jesus, you see it. You see it as a revelation of the heart of the Father Himself. He hates lying. He hates fakeness, falseness, and pretense. And there's none of it in Him. He is the truth. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. And these same guys, these same actors had brought this woman, threw her down in the middle of Jesus' teaching and said, we caught her in the act of adultery and Moses says she's supposed to be stoned. What do you say? And this whole thing was a trap. This, this goes to prove their hypocrisy. This is not about the law. This is about trying to trap Jesus. This is about trying to shame him and end his ministry. But instead of bowing and conforming to the pressure, Jesus just kneels down, waits for the wisdom of God, waits for the word of God, waits for the witness of the Spirit. The exact same thing you and I are supposed to do when the pressure is on. Wait. That goes back to being patient. Wait till you have a word from God. Wait till you've got the witness of the Spirit of God in you. Wait till you can answer with the wisdom of God. And that's what Jesus did. And you know, he stood up and said, he who is among you without sin, let him throw the first stone. And so those guys turned around and walked away because there was no way they could do that. That would just prove what hypocrites they are. And Jesus said to the, that woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself here just a little bit because we're about to see this in Scripture. But what we saw just happen was we saw this woman go free and what set her free was the truth. And that's what truth 
does. Truth liberates. See, now we're all the way back around to free people. This woman's going free from condemnation, but what set her free was the truth that the only one that could condemn her chose instead to justify her. Now, he didn't say what she did was right or that she should go do it again. As a matter of fact, he said, go and sin no more. But with him saying that came the power to actually obey it, being set free by the truth. But then what happened in verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. See, light and truth go together. See, in darkness, things hide. Things are concealed. But in light, things are exposed. There's no hiding. Light and truth go together the way lies and darkness go together. And Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees, verse 13, therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. So what we're about to see over the course of these next few verses is it gets very intense. There's a very heated debate and argument, but all of it is over the truth. What's true? And they said, your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know where I came from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. Do you see that there on the screen? My judgment is true. So all this is about the truth. He said, my judgment is true for I'm not alone, but I'm with the Father who sent me. It's also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Now see, he's preaching, he's talking, but it's not getting in. There are generations, decades, centuries even of ways of thinking locked into their mind and these walls aren't yet coming down. It says these words, verse 20, Jesus spoke to them in the treasuries. He taught in the temple and no one laid hands on him. His hour had not yet come. He kept talking to him, kept talking to him. And the, the, you could see it through the course of this, this conversation. They weren't getting it. They weren't understanding it. It wasn't sinking in. He said, I'm going away, verse 21, you'll seek me, I'll die, uh, uh, you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. They said in verse 22, is he going to kill himself? They're just not getting it. When he talked about the father, they said, who's your father? Who's your daddy? Jesus. They're not getting it. It's, they're not understanding. Verse 25, they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say to you and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is, say it out loud with me, church, true, true. Here's what you've got to remember. The truth is always on God's side. The truth is always on God's side. And that's where you want to be, always. And it doesn't change because he doesn't change. He said in verse 26, I have many things to say to you and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. 
They said, or it says in verse 27, they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. He said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Now I want you to notice what happened in verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Now, wait a second. This group of people he was talking to, they were fighting him. They were pressing back against him. Who is your father? Where are you from? Is he going to kill himself? What's this guy talking about? But the more he talked and the more he talked and the more he talked, the scripture says, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. What I want you to see is, the effect that the truth can have. The more he talked, the more he spoke the truth, the more he identified with the truth, the more these walls began to fall in their thinking and they began to believe. All of a sudden, those who just moments ago, they didn't know about him, they didn't know who he was. All of a sudden now, now they're going, okay, wait a second. I, I believe this. I believe what he's saying is true. They didn't any more understand it now than they did half an hour ago, but the truth was working in them and many believed. Now it's important to note there that many, not all, believed. So people can hear the truth, but not everybody's going to respond to it. Not everybody's going to believe it, even in Jesus' own ministry. So it says in verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And we quote that verse a lot. You'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. You'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. What will the truth do? The truth will set you free. But it was, what Jesus said before that was, if you continue in my word. See, knowing the truth only comes from knowing the word because the word of God is the truth. There's nothing fake. There's nothing false in it because there's nothing fake. There's nothing false in him. He can not lie. And if you want intimacy with him, it requires honesty. It requires possessing that same, that same character. And I'll tell you this. If you are willing to tell a lie, you'll be quick to believe a lie. If you'll tell lies, then you'll believe lies. You will be easily fooled. You'll be fooled by the fakeness, by the falseness around us. And then if you are fooled by it, if you buy into it, it won't be long. You'll be conformed to it. You'll look just like the rest of this world. You'll sound just like the rest of this world. And there'll be no difference between you and them. But there's supposed to be a difference. And the difference is the difference between truth and a lie. If you're willing to tell a lie, you'll be quick to believe a lie. You'll be easily fooled. But if you just continue in the word of God. Now, Jesus is speaking to the ones that believe on him. He's talking to a big crowd and not everybody believes, but now he's talking specifically to the ones who believe. He says, okay, you believe. That's good. Stay with it. 
Stick with this. Just stay with it and get up every day and stay with the Word and get the Word in your heart and get the Word going in your ears. Get the Word going into your mind because the truth will rip down walls. The truth will renovate and will rip out lies and everything that has to take place in this demo day when we rip out stuff that doesn't belong. We rip out stuff that can't support the new structure going in. We rip out things and demolish things that are killing us. You get rid of that so that life can go into you. This is demo day. And Jesus said, if you continue in the word, that's when you know the truth. And that's when the truth will set you free. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.